Welcome along to the Loftcast. I'm Paul Morrissey from the club's media team. I'm joined today by club ambassador Andy Sinton and my media colleague Dominic Trimboli. This week, we look back on our last couple of results, a disappointing home loss to Nottingham Forest and that well-earned draw up at Derby. We'll also be previewing Saturday's visit of Preston North End. As well as that, we'll be getting the thoughts of ours goalkeeper Joe Lumley. It's all right here on the Loftcast. Okay, since Dom, thanks very much for joining us. We'll be talking about um, that recent form and the last couple of results in a moment. Firstly, since um, obviously a tough couple of weeks for you personally, and I saw at the the game at Nottingham Forest a number of fans coming over to to speak to you to pass on their condolences to you following the the passing of, of your mum, which I know meant a lot to you. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Uh, yeah, it's been a personally it's been a real. Tough couple of weeks, as you as you say, not just for me, but for you know my family, uh, my extended family. I my brother up in Newcastle, so uh, so yeah, mum passed away quite suddenly, which took us a bit by surprise. But the support I've had from people at the club um, and the fans gives you huge sort of strength and comfort. So uh, uh, I'll take this opportunity to say thank you to everyone for that. Okay, and uh, let's. Look back at the last uh, couple of games, and, and firstly, we'll do it in chronological order, um, the, the Nottingham Forest game. And I think it's fair to say everyone of a, a QPR persuasion will be happy to see the, the back of November. A, a, a tough few results, a 2-0 defeat at Leeds, a 2-2 home draw with Middlesbrough, the 2-1 defeat at Fulham, the, the 4-0 home defeat to Nottingham Forest, and then ending the month poverty positively with that uh, creditable draw against Derby at, at Pride Park but looking at Nottingham Forest it was quite a, a bizarre game wasn't it? Yeah it was actually you know uh, you looked at the, or I look at the first half and while we weren't at our best uh, by any stretch of the imagination you know we, we give a, a soft goal away which puts us on the back foot nothing really in the game to be fair um, Mark makes a really Positive substitution at halftime. We puts on Jordan, you know, an extra striker. Probably recognise what that we need to be more of a threat. Um, so that was that was positive. That was pleasing. But you know, within five minutes, uh, it's tough as a manager. Sometimes you make your decisions, you make your choices. Within five minutes, that was um, thrown out the window to a degree when Lee, unfortunately, got sent off. You know, Harsh so. red card for he's obviously pulled down Joe Lolly, or that's what the referee has deemed has occurred. But it, it seemed it were. It seems that Joe Lolly's gone down easy. I think there's no question about that. Um, yeah, for me, a harsh one, a soft one. A couple of things in it, you know. We don't win the first header. Don't get round on the cover. Lee's a little bit too tight, which I think he, he admitted. And for me, I think Hawley can get back um, once the, once once the boys turn. But uh, Joe Lolly, really good player, goes down a little bit easy, but. Referee made his decision and we had to get on with it. And at that point, uh, Dom, it, you're thinking, well, the, the game's really going to run away from us now. But it, it seemed to, in a bizarre way, and it, it can sometimes happen, that being down two ten men, it, it seemed to somehow work in our favour. It seemed to galvanise the, the players, seemed to galvanise the crowd. And all of a sudden, we were the ones asking the questions. Yeah, for sure. I think sometimes when uh, you do go man down, there's that, I guess, mentality where... You know, you've got nothing else to lose. You might as well give a crack, um, give a crack, crack at things. So, um, yeah, it was great to see, I think, in that immediate sort of 10, 15, 20-minute period after we lost, uh, lost Lee, um, 
the crowd as well lifted, the players lifted, and there was a sense that maybe we could grab um, grab something and get our way back into the game. But um, I guess you can only sort of hold on to that momentum or keep that sort of energy going for, for so long with 10 men because, um, you know, as we saw, I guess things petered out and the game um, unfolded the way it did. It certainly did. And the three goals in the, the final nine minutes, um, to, that, that was the, the final story, if you like. And that's what Mark Waldman was been asked about afterwards, the 4-0 defeat, etc. And he said, up until 81 minutes, he, you know, he, he was relatively happy with how the game was going. Certainly not been a man down or been a goal down, but in terms of QPR battling and being in there. But in terms of the, the last nine minutes, he, he said, and I quote, a poor back pass, misheader, not block the cross, childish goals, schoolboy goals. That's unacceptable. That's the first time this season, I think, as a group of players and staff, we're in it together. You have to put your hands up and say, no, that's not good enough for QPR. Going down to 10 men does not make up or account for the last 10 minutes. So very strong words there from Mark Warburton. We're going to be joined by Joe Lumley shortly, and we'll certainly ask him about how Mark Warburton speaks to the players when he's speaking to the media like that. He's been very forthright in his views, and the QPR fans like that because they know what they see. And they don't want a manager to come out and paint a different picture to the one they've just seen. What were your thoughts on it? Very much the same. And yeah, Mark was uh, Mark was quite strong, but 100% right. You know, the last um, the last 10 minutes, last nine minutes, um, they just went away from us in a, a really bad way. I'd just like to rewind a little bit though, because when we were still in the game, uh, there's certain moments of the game that can get you back in it, tip the bomb. We had a great chance. Uh, Todd Kane puts a great ball in. Josh's going. At times he's run to perfection. His connection on his header is probably couldn't get a better connection, and it's a couple of inches wide. Now it's all if, buts, maybes, all of that sort of comes in. But when you when you get opportunities, football's a game of sport is, um, sports based on fine margins. And when certain things present themselves, can you take them? Uh, on that occasion, we didn't. And let's face it, Forest a good side, good away side. I think they showed a little bit of quality in the last sort of 20 minutes. I've had to see the game out and we're always going to be a threat on the break with what they got. And as I say, the last nine minutes carved us open time and time and time again. And I think that's what Mark was alluding to with that last 10 minutes was unacceptable. Fans will react the way they want to react and quite rightly so, because we're fans when we're watching our team, you know, but um, no one wants to lose a game. No one wants to lose a game at home and certainly no one wants to lose a game 4-0. So... Um, but if you step back and take a more measured approach, other than the last 10 minutes, we were well in that game without being anywhere near our best. What would the dressing room be like after that Nottingham Forest defeat? Low, flat, frustrated, angry, because uh, they'll, have, they'll have looked at the, 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 the goals that we've conceded late in the game and the scoreline that everyone will hang on to, and quite rightly so. You know, it's... I think we were talking earlier in the season about the possession that we had up at Cardiff. It means nothing if you don't score goals. So, uh, so ultimately, the 4 0 is what people will see. Uh, so, yeah, those players, you know, they've got pride. They've set high standards. They dip below them. Mark's let them know. And in no uncertain terms, which I like and is good. Uh, and I think he said he wanted a reaction or demanded a reaction. And uh, going into the Derby game, I thought he got one. Yeah, we'll talk about Derby in a second, but just finally on the, the Nottingham Forest game, uh, on, on, on a brighter note, it was great seeing Ian Holloway back at the club. You invited him back for, to be inducted into the Forever Rs and he seemed to really enjoy his day. 
brilliant to see Ollie back. You know, he's, he's someone that um, you know, certainly wears his heart on the sleeve. And I think he, I think he said on the pitch when you were interviewing that he, he felt a bit emotional. You know, coming back on the pitch and the reception he got and being back where. Let's face it, he spent a large part of his life, you know, as a, as a player and certainly two spells as a manager. Always be held in high regard at Queen's Park Rangers, always be remembered and, uh, yeah, brilliant to see him back. You know, Ollie doesn't change, you know, very bubbly. Um, but, yeah, as I say, um, great to see him back, worthy of the induction, worthy of the great reception that he got. So, uh, and hopefully we'll see him back uh, in the near future. Yeah, he certainly did get an excellent uh, reception. And we've got a couple of posthumous inductions coming up this weekend against Preston. We'll talk about them later on in the podcast. But firstly, let's turn to Derby County. And Dom, you were up at Pride Park and it was uh, a four at the back was the, the first notable change from that defeat at Nottingham Forest. And it, it seemed to work well. Yeah, I think so. Um, obviously, uh, Lee's dismissal last week meant there was a, a reshuffle and... Um, I think uh, I think we looked we looked solid. Um, I guess Derby sort of sat back a bit and, and gave us a bit more um, time on the ball. So I think that sort of helped us in in being able to build out from the back. We sort of wouldn't have that pressure that we've had in in previous games where we're pressed high. So um, I think there was a lot more protection for Joe. I think he had to make that sort of one initial save um, in the first half. But other than that, it was it was really troubled, and I think um, it's in large part due to. I guess the um, A, I guess having the possession that we had and, and B sort of um, having those two sort of, I guess, blocks of, of four um, sitting in front of him. And it'd be interesting to see what he does um, this weekend against Preston, whether he, he sticks with that, like you say, it seemed to afford Joe Lumley great protection, uh, but obviously he'll have um, personnel potentially back for this weekend. Well, certainly Lee Wallace will be available following his one game suspension. But from a playing point of view, since how important was that performance for the team, for individuals as well as the, the collective group? Hugely important. Um, just said a couple of minutes ago, you know, we, uh, Marcus, the manager, the players, the fans, everyone connected to the club, we needed a reaction. And um, I think it was the type of game coming off what we had just gone through against Notts Forest where I felt driving up, we needed to get something from the game. So almost the performance became secondary, if you like. Uh, and I'm a great believer sometimes you get the result as the back of your performance. I thought it was a good performance up at Derby and we got a result. I thought we, we, we started the game really, really well. Yeah, Joe made a save in the first couple of minutes, which I said on commentary, that's the best thing for him. You know, uh, had something to do, he's done it well. But the, the long, or as the first half progressed, we were by far the better side. You know, a couple of really good efforts. I felt we went behind against a runner play. Um, Great free kick, probably a little bit unnecessary to give away, but we give and take nothing away from Waghorn. You know, the the strike, as soon as it leaves his foot, I'm thinking... We're in trouble. That's got a chance. Uh, as a, a player, when you're going through not bad performances, but a bad run of results, or a, a disappointing run of results, when you've been the, the, the better of the two teams, they have a free kick and it goes straight into the top corner, it must be... Hard not to think, oh, here we go again. It's just nothing is going for us because he's still got to put it in from 25 yards and he's put it straight in the postage stamp. Football's strange because when you're on a bad run, every little thing seems to go against you, whether it's a poor referee's decision or whether it's that goal that we're talking about. When you're going well, you get the rub of the greens, you'll get a ricochet that falls in your way. It's just it's one of those unexplained things that happened in the game. But, um, but yeah, you, you could... 
and there's every reason to think, oh, here we go again. I thought the response of the players was 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 excellent. It didn't seem to put them off course. I think key maybe for me, you know, you look at the the, the start eleven the other day. Rangel's back in the team. Cameron's back in the team. Um, Hugel comes back in, so there's a little bit of experience. All those guys will have seen these runs before. And um, whilst we haven't been happy with not winning for six or seven games, I think most of the performance could have gone either way. Yeah, you look at the Forest game, it's gone out of our way, but Fulham you know, dominated that game for long, long periods of the game. Um, you know, Middlesbrough, we're, we're in front and we, we give a sloppy back pass away. You know, they're the fine margins that I keep talking about. So, yeah, we're not, uh, well, I'm, I'm saying we, as if I'm playing, but I'm not. But, you know, we as a club, we as a team, we as a staff, um, won't be happy with the run that we've been on. I think, by and large, the performances haven't been too bad. And I thought Saturday, good performance, good to get a result against Derby. Listen, they've won five in a row at home. Haven't conceded a goal the last four their reaction of Derby's crowd, I, find, I found a bit strange actually, but that was credit to us. And I said on commentary, that's music to, if I'm playing away and the home crowd are reacting like that, the 25,000 people are telling me, you know what, the opposition are doing quite well here. So, um, so yeah, so credit to, the, credit, to, credit to everyone, good bounce back. That gives us, listen, it's a point. <laughs> But if, I think it gives us the, the platform, it gives us the foundation to put a little foundation down and hopefully go and build from there. And bright to say, Samuel, it's his first start in uh, more than a month and it was a, an impressive performance from him. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, it's fair to say he was our, our most dangerous player on the field. Um, I guess every time he got the ball, he had the defenders backpedalling, sort of walking on eggshells. I think he's... Um, the left back, whose name escapes me right now, um, copped a, a yellow card earlier on in the game. And I guess from that moment, he was sort of hesitant to, to dive in or, or make that challenge, which um, made Bright even, even that more dangerous, where he had, had the, the second defender coming in to, to cover, which again pulled numbers out from the box. So um, all credit to Bright. Um, I guess his, his pace and power down the right sort of, I guess, was a, a focal point and a, it's always a good um, option to have when you sort of playing around in the middle um, and looking for that sort of that next ball forward um, and having a player who um, is looking dangerous, you, you think, all right, let's get the ball to him as soon as possible. So um, it's always good to have that, those kind of options in the, in the front third. And I think um, Bright, having not played um, as much as, pro as he probably would have liked in, in recent weeks, um, I guess came to that game with a really good attitude. Um, I guess he had a point to prove, and I think uh, for the most part he, he, he proved it. And um, uh, it's fair to say he'll be giving um, Mark Warburton some selection headaches um, come Saturday. And it, it was his pace that, that got him in the position to win the penalty as well, which Ibire Eze took. And I, I don't think the, the locals were too happy with Ibire's uh, style for the penalty, but uh, he kept his body moving. That was what mattered, wasn't it? Yeah, that's all. That's all that matters as long as it goes in. Um, I think, like Andy said, I think the, the crowd was uh, was quite vocal. Um, we were sort of sat amongst, uh, I guess, in the press area. There, it's quite um, open to to the wider to the wider stand. So, I think there was a, almost a sense of, um, I guess, entitlement. I suppose after the run that they had at home, where they should be winning these games, and he, he's a, a side who haven't won in in five six games, um, which we putting them away, but. Um, I think for, for most part of it, we were the far better side and, and looked most dangerous. So 
um, I think, yeah, like Andy said, all in all, a, a good performance, a good result. Um, I guess when you look at the, the context of the game, um, I suppose now in the, in the context of the season, those are the types of games we perhaps need to start. Um, not that we, we should have won or we should be looking to take three points away from a place like that, but I guess when you're in these kind of ruts, you, you, know, you need to start looking for games where um, I guess you could call them turning points. Um, that sort of turn around your season, not, not define your season, but I guess give you the kick to, to go on another run. Um, and I guess wasn't the case for, for Saturday, but hopefully um, this Saturday things, uh, things change. Fingers crossed. And you mentioned uh, Joe Lumley had a, an early save to make and he, he did it. He did it well. And it was a good all-round performance from Joe Lumley as, as well as the, the defensive unit. And as the gaffer often says, it's about the whole team defending as a unit. And they, they did protect uh, Joe's goal very well. And at the end, he got um, a very nice uh, reaction from the QPR fans as well, which we'll, we'll speak to him about in a moment. But when a player is going through a, a difficult spell, that, that support must be must mean so much. Yeah, it's invaluable because, uh, as you say, we'll speak to Joe and we'll get his sort of thoughts on it. But um, you know, let's not hide behind. And I'm sure Joe will admit he's had a he's had a tough couple of weeks where you know there's been a couple of things that um, he'll put down to himself. Mistakes. He's got high standards. He's done incredibly well. Still a young lad. Still learning his trade. Still getting his career going. He's going to have ups and downs, you know. But what I know of Joe Lumley, he's a level-headed guy. I don't think you'll get too carried away when things are going great. I don't think you'll get down in the gutter when over what's happened the last sort of couple of weeks. Yeah, you'll need to look at it. Yeah, you'll need to work on it. Yeah, you'll need to improve. Yeah, you'll need to get better. All of that, he'll know that. But you know what? Players do make mistakes. And he's playing in a position where a mistake will usually get highlighted with the worst case scenario. I can play left wing for whoever, have a shocker, make one cross and gets me out of jail sort of thing you know a goalkeeper drops a clanger misplaces a, a clearance goes in the back of that that's what people will hang on so he'll be joe will be all too aware that he's um he's had a shaky couple of weeks but he's good enough he, um he's certainly mentally strong enough to come through it and you know what through the little adversity times it can make you stronger and by being stronger it can make you a better goalkeeper so uh, no, delighted for joe delighted for the whole team I mentioned a couple of players, the experienced players coming in. I thought it helped. I didn't mention Mark Pugh, made his debut as well. You know, I thought he was um, not made his debut, but made his first start for a while. He's come off the bench. Uh, I thought he was outstanding. Bright, you've mentioned, was a threat. You know, with his pace and directness. So, uh, so yeah, that gives us a that gives us a platform to to build on. Great stuff, Will. Let's catch up with uh, Joe now to reflect on uh, not only the Derby game, but the last couple of weeks and indeed look ahead to this weekend against Preston. Joe, thanks very much for joining us on the Loftcast this week. And firstly, what's the mood like in the dressing room after that draw at Derby? You must be uh, very pleased with that. Yeah, well, obviously after the Nottingham Forest game, it, was, it weren't, weren't the best of moods, but... Um, Games come thick and fast this time of the year, so we obviously had Derby coming up, and uh, we knew we had to put in a, well, say put in a good performance. We knew we had to get a result. Really, we didn't really. We was worried about the way we played, but we just wanted to get a result, and and we, in, at the end, we had a good performance and we got a good result. So, 
Yeah, you got the best of both yeah. worlds of performance and yeah, exactly. a, a creditable point as well. Yeah, and so the, mood's, the mood's good. The mood's good now. It's, yeah, we've got a little bit of confidence back, and and yeah, as I said, there is another game coming up on Saturday. Preston at home, and we go again. And you look at Derby as well, going into that game, they were looking for their sixth straight win at home as well. So they were full of confidence. So what must have pleased the squad as well is they get the free kick on the edge of the box and Waghorn puts it straight into the top corner. It would have been easy to think, oh, it's going to be tough for us now. Obviously, Derby with Rooney being unveiled before kickoff and the place was buzzing with, the, with that goal. The, the reaction from the players and the belief, we've said it before, but that belief in the, in the system, in, in how we play and how we do things. Yeah, definitely. I think straight away after we conceded the goal, we, our, heads was, our heads didn't go down. We, we kept doing what we're doing and uh, we knew we were going to get a chance. And I thought, to be fair to, to Brighty in that game, I thought he was brilliant and uh, he got us the penalty. Then Ebbs does what he does and put it home. And I think we was the better team and probably should have come away with three points. I think we were disappointed to to get a point, and maybe maybe Derby were were, were happy with a point. So um, yeah, as I said, we take it into the next game and we build from there. Does Ebbs practice those penalties on you? Don't want to, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> he does it a lot, does he? Yeah, he does it. We we always practice in training. Um, I just dive the wrong way just to give him a bit of confidence. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. That's, that's yeah. what it is. That's why he keeps scoring. And uh, since you're nodding there about the performance against Derby, we've already spoken about it, but in front of Joe as well, it was a good all-round team performance. Really good performance and a good bounce back from uh, you know the disappointment of the uh, the Forest game. Um, you know I felt we were comfortable uh, during the game. I felt Derby went ahead. You know, it was a little bit of a clumsy challenge, but those things happen. But I think that was a bit against a run of play. If you look uh, that sort of first half, I think Jeff's had a header just over. Jordan's had a strike, which actually the keeper saves. Referee gives a cold kick, but he says we're right behind it. Angel Rangel has a good effort. So uh, I thought we were the in the ascendancy. So to go a goal behind in the manner that we did was a bit disappointing. But credit to the boys. You know, Mark asked for a reaction after the Forest game. And I think he got one. So uh, well done to the boys. After the, the game against Nottingham Forest, Mark Warburton was very, he always is, very honest in his assessment. And he said, regardless of the 10 men, that last nine minutes isn't good enough and it wasn't acceptable. Is he quite clear and forthright in his views towards the players as well when he speaks about those, those sort of incidents, those moments? Yeah, definitely. We, we know ourselves that we, we, we've got to be better in them situations you see against Fulham. There was a, there was a after, after they scored their second, there was about another, t there was probably 10 minutes where we were sloppy and making mistakes. And, and yeah, we know and, um, uh, we, d we don't we don't mean to make these mistakes. I hold my hands up. I've made made some mistakes this season, but I'm, we're all trying our best. And uh, and as I said about Derby, we just wanted the result and just didn't really want to make sloppy mistakes and be loose on the ball. Which I think we we were very good. We we kept the ball well and and we were solid and defended well. So we we know, but the manager the manager does put it on us to. That's his job to yeah. to get a get a reaction out of us, which which I thought we did. That uh, performance and that result at, at Derby, what did that mean for you personally? Yeah, it was. I would have preferred a clean sheet, if I'm honest. But um, but yeah, it's the you see at the end the the reception from the fans at the end. Um, that was that was brilliant. Really, it was sort of made my give me shivers down my spine really because it was such a good reaction and. Uh, can't thank them enough, to be honest. And um, 
and yeah, and give give me a bit of confidence. Obviously, the past couple of weeks has been it's been tough for me, but that's that's the life of a goalkeeper. You've you're going to make mistakes, and I've sort of learnt to accept that I'm going to make mistakes, and you just got to keep going and keep going, and um, and yeah, that boost from the fans uh, after Derby, um, yeah, it was it was brilliant. Like you say, it's been a, a tough. Well, it's been a tough couple of weeks for the, the whole squad and the whole team in terms of the results. And for you personally, a tough couple, tough couple of weeks. I should say, I'll get there. Yeah. Um, how challenging has that been? Because it's probably the first time in your career you've had to deal with that sort of criticism. Yeah. Well, I've I've made mistakes in my in my career. I'm, when I've been on loan last season, I made mistakes, but I've, I haven't been for a stage where sort of mistakes sort of keep happening in, in games and as I said I don't mean I don't mean to, mm. to make the mistakes um, I'm trying my best in games and it is tough because you're as much as you you say your confidence hasn't gone it, it does it, your confidence dips but you just got you got to keep going and keep going and do, don't change anything really for me and um, as a goalkeeper I've always said that it's at least 75% mental in a game or in your careers. You, you have to work it. If I was to give one bit of advice to young goalies, work on your mindset and work on your sort of mental resilience. And one coach said when I was at um, Bristol Rovers, Stuart Naylor, the goalkeeping coach, it was my first sort of proper loan, if, if to say, well, I had a consecutive amount of games. I played. I think I played 19 games. But he always said to me, "You got to have rhino skin. Don't just be yourself. And um, any any you're going to get criticism left, right, and centre from 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 all sorts of people. You're going to get criticism from coaches, fans. Um, but you just got to keep keep doing and, and believe in yourself. And and yeah, it's it is it is tough. It's, it's easier said than done, but. I'm only young, and I'll keep working on my on the mental side of my game until until I stop playing football. And since you're you're nodding there alongside me, can you remember the the, the first time you you had that challenge to deal with? Because I'd imagine it's something that you don't know how you're going to deal with it until you're you're faced by it. Although I, I know how I deal with it, I'd be an absolute shambles. But can you remember the first time you had that challenge? Yeah, I can. Uh, but you know, you. Hopefully, Joe will have a really long career and he'll do really, really well. You know, I think you're going to have to accept that there's going to be periods of your time, periods during a season where you're going to be off it. You know, I played 20 odd years, um, but there's times every season I had a dip uh, in form. You know, you don't quite feel as sharp as you want to do. Your crossing might not be as good as you want to. Um, the players are human. You know, players, you know, show me someone who goes to work, whatever job they do. and is not on top of their game every day of the week, every time they go into an office, every time they're laying a brick, every time they're uh, dealing with a case in, in, in law. You know, you'll, you'll, you'll have a, well, you won't be at your best all the time. And Joe makes some great points, you know, I think you've got to accept that you're going to make mistakes. How you deal with them is the key. Yeah, you don't make them on purpose. Yeah, you don't want to make them. You want to be perfect, but that's not going to happen. And I think it's key when, when you do make, or even if you're doing well, don't get too carried away when you're doing well. And vice versa, you know, if you make a mistake, you know, just try and put them behind you. That's hard sometimes, you know, because you get in the car, 
after a game and you'll drive home and you'll you'll sit in the house where no one sees you and you'll mull the mistake over and you'll always look back and think, you know, what could I have done better? Why did I do that? But you can't change it. You just have to get up, look the world in the eye. There's no, uh, no hiding place. You know, hold your hands up. Uh, I believe the best way to deal with whether you're a team, a centre forward missing chances, a goalkeeper uh, making a, a little error, is just to hold your hands up and uh, so yeah, that was down to me. Don't flare it up because people will see through that. And I think the best way is just to, to to take it head on, keep working at your game, uh, but not let it don't let it destroy you. And you know that's where you need teammates, that's where you need family, that's where you need a manager to believe in you. Always remember Alan Shearer told me stories leading up to the '96 Euro '96. He went about eight, nine, ten games without scoring for England. Terry Venable said, you're going to play. You're going to play in the Euros. I know you're going through a bad time. You're going to play. He finished top goal scorer. So it's just someone to have that belief in you and probably to have a quiet word and just say, yeah, now you've had a rick there, but come on, we believe in you. You're a good goalkeeper. You're a good centre forward. You're a good wide player. And that gives you confidence. And uh, I say, Joe's mentioned about the reaction he got from the fans at Derby. Absolutely brilliant because... You know, they're cute, your fans. They're travelling up to Derby. They're, they're spending their hard-earned money. They don't go anywhere. They don't come to the Kyan Prince Foundation. They don't go to Pride Park. They don't go wherever, wanting the player to make a mistake. You know, they're right with them. So uh, brilliant that he got that, and that should give him confidence. And as I say, just say it now, I'm looking at it. He's a good goalkeeper. He's made a good start of his career. This is probably the first time, but just keep working hard, and uh, he'll come through it. And he did come through at Pride Park as well with a, an excellent individual performance and team performance. The only extra challenge, apart from being a goalkeeper rather than an outfield player and 10 others can bail you out if you give the ball away, is the social media and, and that challenge in the, the modern day that, that players have to deal with, with that aspect where people tweet emotionally straight after a game and perhaps they feel differently 24 hours after. With that, some players stay off social media, some are on it and choose to then come off it. Is that something that you look at and think, I'll just dip in and dip out? You don't tweet too often. Are you on social media often? Uh, yeah, well, you look at all the... I think everyone my age nowadays is on social media. Mm. And, um, and, yeah, and obviously footballers, we're, uh, we're, we're more in the limelight. Um, so, as you said, after the game, you, you get people tweeting mainly positive tweets, but you do get the odd abuse in, in a way. And, um, and as much as I sort of disagree with the abuse, you have to, it's, it's something that you've got to deal with as a footballer. You, you have to deal with it. And um, for me, I, I, I don't really, I, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't get the, I don't get it. You don't. What do you get out of abusing abusing a player? It's um, you don't really. You just it's it's hard not to see as as a player when you're on social media and you try and block it out, um, but it's hard not to see and it does it does affect it affects every footballer. I don't care if they say it doesn't. Deep down, it does. You sit at home when you're lying in bed by yourself you do think about it and um, but as I said it's something you have to deal with and you you've got to be mentally strong and and um, sort of block it out and uh, and yeah but, but but mostly mostly positive the positive stuff that you see is, is is brilliant because for me they're the 
they're the true fans in a way. Um, but yeah, you just got just got to keep going. And as I don't really t I don't really tweet a lot. I don't really post a lot. But you but you do see it. So. And those positive ones, and particularly the ones that went to Derby to applaud you. How much of a lift do they give you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, since just said it, you can't really get too high with the highs and too low with the lows. Just sort of has to stay on a on a neutral sort of whatever you call it. But um, but yeah, it does, like when you when you see the fans, when you hear the fans singing your name and and uh, giving you giving you praise, it it does boost your confidence and vice versa. When you when you get a, when you get a, when you get a bad reception or or a bit of a, of of abuse, it, it it your confidence dips, but it's you just got to deal with it. It's um, we're all human beings at the end of the day. Andy Andy said it. We're all human beings, and we've got families to go and see. And I don't have any children, but you've got children. Maybe some some players have got children who are on social media, and they might see it. How do you think? How do you think they feel seeing maybe their their dad getting abused on Twitter and? It's, it's not right for me, but you, it, it happens, and I don't really think it's going to stop. So you've just got you got to carry on and be mentally strong, and yeah, and just sort of block it out. Get that rhino skin on. Rhino skin, that's it. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, as a group, having got, gone through November and the disappointing results that that came in that month, although it must be said there were a lot of good performances within that, but perhaps not the the results that that we wanted. Is there a feeling now that after the performance and result at Derby, it's almost like we're getting back to what we know we're capable of because we showed it earlier in the season? Yeah, well, I don't think any team's cut us open this year and been, been the better team. Maybe West Brom, but they weren't a, a lot better than us, I don't, I don't think. Um, we've just been, been sloppy and, uh, and conceded goals where we've, we've made mistakes. And I think... That result on Saturday, it was a it was a sloppy it was a sloppy free kick to give away, but it was nothing that anyone could could have sort of done to stop the goal. So, yeah, we've got games coming up thick and fast, and and um, hopefully we can get a clean sheet soon. And we know that we're going to score goals. So if we start keeping clean sheets, we'll start winning games. And um, yeah, just just keep going. Keep doing the right things. The boys are training well. We're all positive in the change room. It's a great group of lads, great staff, and um, I think I think we'll start getting some good results coming up. And uh, Preston, just a word on Preston this weekend. Uh, a team that for many have been a, a bit of a surprise package. They're six at the moment following um, Monday night's defeat to West Bromwich Albion. They'd be a good yardstick to measure ourselves against because they're in an area where we were in and around only a few weeks ago and it'd be good to see how we measure up, won't it? Yeah, well, every, any team can... Since I've played, started playing the Championship, I've always said that any team can beat any team in this league. But you have to prepare the, the same... Well, you, you look at... Everyone looks at other teams and have a game plan for each team, but you have to prepare the same individually and, um, and just control the things that you can control. So we'll go... We'll, Go to the Kyan Prince Foundation Stadium on, on Saturday. We'll have a game plan, and everyone will work their hardest. Whoever, whoever the manager picks, and I'm I'm more than confident we can get a result. Looking forward to it. Yeah, can't wait. Yep. Excellent.
Joe, thanks very much for no joining us. Appreciate it. And uh, best of luck on Saturday. Thank you very much. Cheers. Joe Lumley there, um, very honest, and it's, it was great to catch up with him. I think in those situations, you, you can leave a, a player alone in, in situations like that, but Joe's such a, a good talker as well, and it, it, like I say, is very honest. It's really interesting to, to get the, the views direct from him about how, you know, how the last couple of weeks have, have been for him, because like we said, it, it is the first time really in his career that he, he has had this issue to deal with. And like I said... You, I can't imagine you truly know how you're going to handle that until you're, you're in it. Nothing prepares you for it. There's no course, there's no book, there's no training. You know, you, you just have to, uh, you have to go through it. And what Joe's just shared with you there is, uh, doesn't surprise me, hasn't flowed it up. Realised he's made a couple of mistakes, um, but just realises it's part of the game, which it is. Uh, you know, the, the fewer mistakes you can make, the better you will become. But it's part of his learning, it's part of his growing. But I think the support he got, Abu Dhabi from the fans, was uh, was exceptional. That'll do him a power of good. Um, you know, I'm sure he's got the backing of the dressing room, his teammates, which is important, and uh, and the staff. So, um, so yeah, delighted for him, pleased for him. Now he's got to, he's got to get his head down and kick on again, you know, and um, by what he's saying to us. 100% determined to do that and make a success for him and for QPR and as I say as long as people are got that mindset they want to do well for themselves and for the club get all the support they need from us Great stuff and uh, this weekend it's Preston North End at Kind Prince Foundation Stadium and a couple of uh, posthumous inductions that will be taking place um, on Saturday tell us about those we yeah, have the posthumous inductions. We do it once, once a year or one game a year. And for me, they're, they're, they're special. Why are they special? I think because we're honouring players who've served the club uh, in the past and a tinge of sadness because that player is sadly no longer with us. So um, we've got a, a name from the past in terms of, um, you know, around about the war, Ivor Powell started at the club. Um, you know, his, his career at the club got interrupted by the war, but uh, you know, helped us win the third division south title. So, you know, big, big part of the club's history. Not many teams at QPR have won things. He was part of a team who's won things. So he's coming. Um, his family are coming represented by uh, his granddaughter and her husband. So we'll be delighted to welcome them. And, uh, and we also uh, welcome the family, um, wife and three young boys and Matt Brazier, who sadly lost his life after a battle with illness. Uh, at the age of 42, which doesn't seem right to me. Um, but you know, uh, by Michelle and the boys coming on, on Saturday, it will show them that although the last eight, nine, ten months has been really, really tough and will continue to be tough for them. You know, the, the, the wider football family is with them and certainly QPR is a football club uh, behind the scenes at the club and certainly our fans uh, their walk is not alone, so hopefully through that they can gain strength and comfort and uh, yeah, we're delighted to have them. Yeah, no, and it'd be great to honour them and uh, well done to you yet again for um, getting that all in place and set up for Saturday. Like you say, I'm sure it's going to be a, an emotional occasion for, for both sets of families, for that of Ivor Powell and Matt Brazier. On the pitch, 
well, Preston are going to come to the stadium and I'd imagine they're going to be smarting after their late defeat to West Bromwich Albion on uh, Monday. They they gave pretty much as, as good as they got until the 90th minute and a, a Charlie Austin penalty was the difference. How often we've enjoyed that phrase over the, not so long ago. Um, but Preston, they're, they're sixth place in the table and for many, they're one of the surprise packages of the season. Yeah, for sure. I mean, looking at previous seasons, they... They've always sort of started strongly, but um, I guess have, have faltered away. But this season, they're, I guess they're proving to be a, a really tough team to beat, especially at home. Um, I think they've got the best home record in the division. Um, West Brom, I guess, were able to, to sort of knock a bit of wind out of their sails. So hopefully that gives us a bit of, um, uh, I guess, a bit of, um, what's the word? A bit of an in to, uh, to, I guess, getting something off them again um, come Saturday. Um, obviously, easier said than done, um, but hopefully um, with a shorter turnaround and um, I guess us, with us having a bit longer to, to think about things um, and playing in front of our home fans, um, hopefully we can, um, I guess, kickstart, re-kickstart our campaign and, and get that elusive win. Alex Neil has done a, a very good job there and you look at when, when he, we were just looking at the, the recent seasons, he, he took over in the summer of 2017 and he, he'd taken over a team that had finished 11th in the championship and he, his first season he finished 7th last year, actually finished 14th, which surprised me. I didn't realise it was that far down, but last year they were 14th and they, like I say, currently they're just in, inside the playoffs, so they're, they're progressing well, aren't they, Preston North End under Alex Neil? For me, really good side and, uh, you know, you look at you look at Alex Neil and think he's a really good manager. Whatever I think he's a really good manager, I think he gets the best out of what he's got. Um, you know, and that's a that's a real positive trait. You know, I think um, a, a team will reflect their manager uh, in the terms of the way they they go about their business. Preston, I think they've been a bit of a bogey side for us over the recent sort of years. But if you look at their season, it's quite strange actually. They're one of Dom said the one of the best home records in the league, if not the best. Not so great away from home. I'm not sure if he has a different approach. Because, you know, you look at home, they've scored 25 goals. Away from home in nine games, they've only scored six. So whether he changes that approach, but um, they're a good side. They've got some good players and, you know, will be a threat on the day. We'll need to be at our best. We'll need to be prepared properly. We'll need to be organised. We'll need a bit of luck, as you do in every game. But, um, yeah, I, I just think Saturday would have done us the world of good. And I'm, I'm looking forward to to get them back in front of our fans and let's see if we can get the points that we need. Yeah, like you allude to there, their home form against their away form. If it was just their home form that the league was judged on, they would actually be top of the championship. If it was based purely on their away form, they'd be 15th. So two very different sides, it seems. So it's quite good that we're playing them uh, where they're playing away from home based on that. Um, who are their main threats? If you look at the guy, you know, Daniel Johnson plays in midfield, he's got eight goals. Um, Bark Husen, it's been there a while. Pace, direct, scores goals. I really like Paul Gallagher. I know he didn't play last night, but you know, I think he's a player that's you know vastly experienced but makes them tick and score goals. So, uh, but listen, they've got threats all over the pitch uh, as, the, as the goal scoring record shows. But uh, you know, but always look for positives against who you're playing against. They've lost the last three in a row, haven't scored a goal. I haven't said that before that, they won their previous three. So, um, 
but it's all about us. Mark says it time and time again, I'm a great believer. If we get our haste and all that, if we get our preparation right, we get our individual performances right, and we cut out the stupid, silly mistakes that have plagued us over recent sort of months, we'll give anyone a game. Uh, I think Joe said, he, he picked up about West Brom, he said he thought that was the only team that won miles better than us. I would agree with that. Yeah, I know we've lost three against Swansea at home, three against Brentford at home, but if you look at both those games, 1-1, one, one, we've given a penalty away uh, when the game was in our favour. Yeah. Forrest, we've talked about in detail, you know, went away from us in the last 10 minutes. For me, and I'm there to be shot at, no one's really, really carved us open. And that's probably the frustration within the group, within the club, within the fans, because it was only five, six weeks ago that we were talking about going second in the table. But that's how quickly it can change. If you're not at it in the championship, you'll get beat, no matter who you play. And if you're not at it two or three games, or if you continue to make silly mistakes, you'll lose two or three. And losing two or three, four in a row, or in a short period of time, can very quickly take you from a really good position into a one that doesn't look so good. So, uh, chance for us to get three points on Saturday. Let's get behind the team and let's see if we can do it. Fingers crossed we can. Thanks very much for joining us on the Loftcast. And like you say, fingers crossed we can get a positive result on Saturday against Preston.